One of the realities of the digital era is that personal data is no longer private. Anyone using social media, a free mobile app, online gaming, or one of those free mail accounts will have ceded part, if not all, of his or her privacy because few would ever bother to read those lengthy terms and conditions for use of the service. Come on, there are 4,132 words on Facebook's terms and conditions alone. Now, a comparative study of 14 popular online services, Microsoft actually bested everyone with its 15,260-worded terms and conditions contract. The current pandemic, however, and the government's use of contact tracing measures to monitor the spread of the virus is leading to calls for a review of personal data privacy. It's also likely that similar concerns will be raised as businesses kickstart their return-to-work procedures. Norton Rose Fulbright's Asia-Pacific Cyber Risk Practice Head, Anna Gambrose, acknowledged the tension that exists between the use of technology as an exit strategy for lockdown and the preservation of data privacy. She argued that the way in which individuals' data is collected and stored is central to this debate. The use of apps, which involve the creation of centralized databases, may present additional privacy and cybersecurity risk. In this episode of Podcasts for Future CIO, Callum E. Convolts, Vice President, Asia-Pacific and Japan, shares his view around data protection and the approaches to ensuring the ethical use of personal data during the pandemic and perhaps after the crisis is over. Callum, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Great to talk to you. Callum, can you describe what Commvault is? I can, certainly. So we are a company that's been around a quarter of a century. We began life as a backup and recovery company. Uh, we now have a multiple of products in our portfolio, which include things like uh, discovery technologies that help people discover their environments uh, and, the, and their uh, the devices and the applications and workloads in their environments, uh, all the way through to helping customers use the data that we help them back up uh, from an analytics purpose in their organization, uh, which is a lot of what we'll talk about today. And finally, uh, one of the key parts of our business is ensuring that regardless of where the workloads are on-premise, whether they are native, whether they are containerized or in the cloud, we help organizations not only back them up, uh, we help them manage them using one single pane of glass or GUI, if you like. Uh, plus, we also help organizations secure them against things like cyber attacks. Thank you for that. Now, going into our topic for today, what exactly is data protection and how do you differentiate it against data privacy? From our perspective, data protection can often be linked to compliance obligations organizations have to an obligation to managing the data that they have in their environment and having a strategy around they're going to, how they're going to either, uh, whether it's back it up, uh, whether it's about reco- recovering it as well. So whether that's a disaster recovery strategy or it's about making sure that uh, it's a, an ability to capture data that may need to be recovered at a point in time. And then the, the converse to that or the, the point that you ask about around privacy is the really important point of giving organizations the comfort and capability to be able to protect their environment against things like, if you like, ransomware. Uh, For those of you not familiar with the term ransomware, the concept of uh, an organization uh, purposely penetrating a data center uh, or a firewall or multiple data centers of a company, and in fact, using 
uh, the, the, the fact that they've gained access to that data and holding a company to ransom. That concept has even evolved now into a thing called leakware, where we're seeing organizations purposely breaching an organization's data center or data environment and actually using that on the open market and bidding to the highest bidder uh, that data so they can actually have access to it themselves. So you may see a breach occurring by one company and the ransom scenario actually occurring by another company. How has COVID-19 changed the way organizations execute their data protection strategies vis-a-vis their data privacy practices today? So if we talk about data protection first, the fact that organizations just like yours and just like mine have had to mobilize their workforce as an example and actually have them very, very quickly accessing an environment, a corporate environment remotely has meant that the means in which that data is protected may have in fact needed to be changed. Uh, An example would be the fact that many of our customers have gone from having data protected, secured, backed up in a very, very monolithic data center to now potentially sitting on an edge point, a laptop, a device, a PC, it's sitting inside someone's house, or even on a grander scale, an organization may have been uh, required or uh, the catalyst of COVID may have forced the company to take the data that they have sitting inside a data center and ensure that it ends up and resides in a much more mobile, if you like, environment, which could see it going to the cloud, uh, given the scale of what an organization has to do. And many, many companies in this environment have gone to the cloud. From a privacy perspective, that has meant that companies not only have had to activate maybe programs and projects that they've had in mind for some time and put a fire under them and actually create a catalyst for something that was on a, on a slow burn as far as a project is concerned, but activate that very, very quickly. Um, what this frankly has meant, and we talked about this dark side of data, data privacy or, or the breaching of, of a data environment, it's meant that more than ever, this is an exposure that organizations have had. Is how we manage and store data any different from before 2020? I would say to you, the pandemic has meant a, cu- a couple of things. One is no longer are we just backing up and recovering data due to the fact that it's a compliance means. It's a, it's an insurance policy, if you like. But I think what it has created a catalyst for is organizations particularly realizing that they have this wealth of information, which is in fact one of their biggest assets. So I think there is a an alignment between the IT aspect of a business and the commercial or economic part of the business. Are there any best practices uh, for enterprises and the public sector to better manage and protect data? What I would say is one of the best practices which I've seen develop is we are now cross-collaborating. The relationships that we've built with other vendors that may complement and typically do our products and in turn provide us with guidance on what their customers want. Uh, This collaboration, if you think of this triangular collaboration between, and government's a key one, government's an absolute key one. And I'll give you a Singapore government, which is um, GovTech. Government agencies have realized that they are not necessarily experts in understanding and providing data backup solutions around legislation. However, when you take someone like Commvault and our collaboration, let's say for example, with someone like an IBM or EMC 
or Microsoft, that solution then becomes of absolute benefit for our customers. How should enterprises then handle the data protection side of it? What I would say to you, my advice as part of that and as part of that evolution that we've brought to this part of the market is that the, the, the idea of investing and doubling down on the education and understanding the cultural impact that it has on the team that you are that you are working with is absolutely critical. So one, the simpler, the better. Two, the more collaborative and engaging it is with the team that are going to be using and managing it. Um, and three, the education of that product set and the impact it's going to have on the organization is critical to having the buy-in of this team. Do you anticipate a big change in terms of what has already been adopted as part of the new working environment that organizations have today? I think that the move to a working from home environment saw unprecedented action everywhere. We saw governments writing legislation to enable different industries to be able to work remotely uh, and create protection programs for their staff. I think that's had a significant change on how we all think about how we hire staff, how we think about people, how we secure the environment, regardless of whether that data resides. Uh, I think we've had to become a world now completely embraces this, this new world of being able to work remotely. I think that it's also meant that organizations are now using data as a fundamental means of differentiating in the market. And I talked a little bit about this before, but we're now seeing companies inviting parts of their IT organization or their uh, technology organization into the boardroom to have discussions, not only around how they keep the lights on, but how they continue to grow and expand. Now, I think that whilst this will change and you will see planes get back in the air and you will see people return back to the streets and hopefully the sports fields and the sports stadiums fill, it changes everything. It changes how we process people going into a, into a stadium. The fact that we've now got temperature testing and we've seen it already. I walked into the building here today and I'm in, it's a very rare occasion actually that I'm in the office, but I've come into the office. I walked into the building today. When I did it four months ago, one person took my temperature. Another person had me fill in a document. When I came in today, many months later, I walked past a scanner that I did not have to stop for. There was no human interaction. I then used my phone to use the contact tracing app, which by the way, enabled me to just do it once. I didn't have to repeat it and it was seamless. I remember when the pandemic first hit, we would come into the office at eight o'clock, 8.30 in the morning, there would be a line of 50 people and it would take you 15 minutes to get in. There's no line. We've streamlined process. It will change everything. And I think that from a community, we will be better prepared for this Legislation will continue to change faster. The ability for us to use data, not just manage and protect data, but to use data to completely change and transform that is going to be critical, Alan. Never before has this been so important. Callum, it's been a pleasure having you join us for this episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Hopefully, we will have an opportunity to catch up in the near future. I'd like that. That was Callum Eid, Commvault's Vice President, Asia Pacific and Japan, on his views around data protection data privacy, and approaches to ensuring the ethical use of personal data during the pandemic and perhaps after the crisis is over. We've reached the end of another episode of Podchats for Future CIO. We invite you to submit your ideas on topics you'd like us to cover on future episodes. Simply email us at editors at society.com. Also, visit us at futurecio.tech for the latest in people, process, and technology innovation 
and don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter. See you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Thank you.